social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Listen, this portion of the program brought to you by Henry Oil. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Boy, it's definitely chilly out now. Uh, give them a call, 401-521-0200, and always online at henryoil.com. This heating season, make Henry Oil your oil provider. Since 1947, and they also offer service contracts, lock and cap pricing, budget plans, automatic delivery, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. Call Henry Oil today. Listen, you don't want to be stuck with someone who's unreliable. You want Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, always online at henryoil.com. Reliable, affordable, fuel oil delivery. You know, what a great story they have. 1947, Carmine Henry DeSanto delivered fuel oil with a single truck operation. Manton Avenue in Providence, the business has now obviously evolved, but they are a family-run business dedicated to providing you, the customer, top-quality fuel, heating assistance, competitive prices. Listen, go local. Henry Oil Company, 401-521-0200. It's Henry Oil. Well, folks, it is uh, Tuesday. Boy, that Jesse Smollett case is also uh, very interesting, how in the Jesse Smollett case, the... um, it came out that apparently Don Levin was uh, of CNN was was giving Jesse Smollett uh, advice and telling him that the police Chicago police did not believe his story. Uh, they they have a problem at they have a problem at at CNN. A problem they have at CNN is they want to be known as journalists, but what Cuomo was doing was way out of bounds. And now you have another situation. I I don't know if the the. Uh, the Don Lemon case, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's as bad as Cuomo. It's not good for CNN, but, um, I, I, and again, I'm just trying to be objective. I mean, all right, so I guess he had met him, he knew him, and just said, hey, just so you know, I interviewed Chicago police, and they don't believe, you know, your version of events. I, I can just tell you that. Now, that that's that's much different than he didn't brainstorm with him, here's what you should say. He didn't, not that we've learned yet. He didn't coach him what to say. He didn't try to run interference or pick up the phone and call the Chicago police. It, it sounds like he was just kind of passing along, just so you know. I don't. They don't seem to be buying your version of events. I want to um, touch on the events local, though, uh, folks, on this uh, chilly Tuesday. Boy, yesterday was such a nice day, over 60 degrees, and all of a sudden, um, uh, burr. Now, um, before I do, what an incredible Patriot win last night. Uh, I love this team. And that that was a big time NFL win, to go into Buffalo in into those elements, and that was, you know, that that was what a phenomenal win that was, because that that this was as basic as it gets. Last night was when you realize it. Now, I mean, it was now. Think of this: they Bill Belichick, they they were not going to pass in that wind. They were not going to pass. It was, this was, you know, football in the very beginning was all running. So this was almost like a rugby. But but think of this. This was, there's no trick plays. This is, we are going to run the ball. And this is block and tackle, smash mouth football. I love Dan Shaughnessy of the Globe said, you know, for the fourth quarter, they should forget the helmets, just put on, uh, on the old leather helmets they used to wear. Um, but th- this was one team, we, we are going to run the ball. We're going to push you back. We're going to block uh, block you out of the way and run through gaps. And that's the way we're going to beat you. We're not passing. We can't pass with this wind. I mean, there's certainly an argument there that Buffalo needs a dome, but that's that's another story. But but I, I that can't be, that should not be underestimated. I mean, the fact that the Patriot team, with a, a big part of, of, of normally, um, an effective weapon taken away from them and then still battling and successful with it and then able to win the game that last night uh, you know the more you reflect on it, it it could be 
it shows dedication it shows discipline and and it shows also that belichick even when the passing game is removed from the team they're still able to be successful why is that important folks everything today now is about people making excuses people trying to make everyone's a victim right everyone is a victim uh you know you know who's one of the group people that i just noticed he's he's really catering to fringe groups and he's just such a disappointment as governor mckee last night everything now is about the homeless everything you know they had to give the bonuses to the four thousand state workers and then the two thousand teachers and then now everything has to be done because there's 600 homeless people everything is the fringe group um you know last night the patriots didn't have time to just be victims they didn't have time to be hey you know they easily could have said there were a lot of excuses they could have given of why they lost the game it's a road game rookie quarterback the elements well you know we couldn't pass so that's why we lost if 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 they lost they had a more than and and who could have knocked them right if the patriots had lost the game in buffalo who could have said well you know you still should have won hey listen rookie quarterback road game the crowd of buffalo the bills mafia they're totally into it they had every reason that they could have lost the game and they won and that's a very good bills team it is uh and 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 listen they were questionable penalties on on both sides when uh when when josh allen was jumping out of bounds but had the ball forward and one of the patriots pushed him his feet had not touched the ground they called him a uh, personal foul on him 15 yard penalty that was a big call um they, they, they you know listen but but that's part of it it's it seemingly was go both ways but last night that 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 what bill belichick displayed last night to me that 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 was like a business lesson that was a life lesson and it's so counter to what's going on right now where you know what is disgraceful is if you follow the news these quote transgender women some of the one of them they're, they're smashing swim records how is that okay some of these individuals they were men two years ago and now all of a sudden they're saying they identify as women and they're breaking swim records how is this fair to women why are women allowing this that, that's absurd <laughs> they competed as men and now they're saying they claim they're women and they grew their hair long so now i mean it's just ridiculous but i i just i don't understand the progressive left i don't understand how that helps women but i want to go back to the belichick that that's a business lesson that should be taught in schools children should learn that should that should be celebrated what an unbelievable win going into the bye week and they truly are this is the best team in the i i think they are super bowl bound i haven't seen anyone that's going to beat this team never mind now they can two weeks off and they can uh, or yeah you know well week off and then getting ready for the Colts and that's another big game but it, it's just so counter to what we're seeing in in uh in in general right now and especially in, in government everything is about people who are victims and you have to you know oh and, and think of white privilege making people you have to apologize and telling people of color you are victims you're not going to have a fair life because the color of your skin uh you know critical race theory in schools white privilege making young children white children stand up apologize to their black classmates uh tell them that their parents are racist the grandparents are racist it's just atrocious what is what is happening and and i i mean it it was just so refreshing to see uh that that what a phenomenal win by the new england patriots on monday night football displaying for the nation you know bill belichick who i i just think he is the greatest coach will go down as the greatest coach and you just never know when you're going to stumble upon something like that and i i don't think it's fully hit people and it's too early i haven't seen anything written but i'll write about it but it's just it's so different um where suddenly you think they were they were running on every play there was not going to be a pass they were running on every play and the bills knew they were going to run and it was even the bills even seemed to be slow to realize that they were going to run on on every play and they still won the game if someone had said all right the patriots can are going to play in buffalo it's going to be freezing 
the wind is going to be so bad they can't pass monday night football road game in orchard park against a very good bills team oh and by the way you can't pass you can't use your tight ends you can't you know they, they've had some explosive wins because of their offense oh and by the way you're only going to be able to run who, who would have thought they would have been able to pull that off what team would be able to pull that off um and and but there there's there's a lesson there there is a you know for the right people that want to listen there's a real lesson there they didn't they didn't complain they they surveyed the field they looked at the conditions and then made a chance this is what we're going to do we're going to have to run and and we're going to run and we're going to win and we are still expected to win and we're going to play like we're going to win and we are going to win yeah but coach you know we've been winning with passing we're not passing that's not fair we're gonna lose now this is wrong you know now hey listen if we lose at least we can say because we couldn't pass wrong nope no excuses here totally counter last night was the exact opposite of the progressives it was the exact opposite of the woke wokeness of the the locals that uh you know everyone must stop and do something to help the homeless you know who who ref, you know many of them refuse shelters and everything else folks this portion of the program also brought to you by the lodge 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln here's your assignment i want you to pop into the lodge number one they have a, a great it's great inside i love the setting full dining room plus the bar but check out that new deck it's beautiful i think that's the nicest deck in the area it is just fantastic and the service is great uh the people you know what i like is it's like they have little there's no turnover it's the same people i love the feel there check it out the lodge 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln they have done it again and by the way you're saying well i'm not going to sit outside it's freezing they're going to have the igloos they're going to have the igloos because the way they're going uh, right now every the way the state's going with COVID, they're going to need them folks again you are listening to the john DePietro show fall very soon the heating season will be here let jkl engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system jkl energy efficient quiet more affordable than you think no gas no problem let jkl engineering design and install a high efficiency infinity heat pump system including ductless splits heats in the winter cools in the summer these units are so efficient it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90 percent they have the highest rebates in the market they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers jkl carrier factory authorized dealer licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts for 55 years jkl's reputation second to none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer jkl is also a navian certified factory dealer called jkl for a system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump estimates are free financing is available both residential and commercial call jkl engineering today at 401-351-7600 they do it right they do it right the first time they're licensed in both rhode island and massachusetts jkl 401-351-7600 it's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off. All wedding bands, rope, Figaro, Miami Cuban, and puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers where Rhode Island gets engaged. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Marie and It's My Health because it's your health. But It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant it's my health and inside pop in you'll see vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality integrity local products like acai honey maple syrup beef fresh gum 
It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce, plus boxed herbs and teas, plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays uh, <clears throat> on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Joining us right now, the jobs report has been released. It's a little, uh, it's odd. Uh, joining us right now, President CEO of the Jobs Creators Network, and it's Alfredo Ortiz. Alfredo, thank you for joining us on the John DePietro Show. And what are we to make of this uh, jobs report? Hi, John. Well, thank you for having me. Good morning. Uh, absolute disaster. You know, the expectations were well over 500,000. So to see that number of 210,000 is just an unbelievable miss. And, you know, frankly, it's because, uh, you know, we, we've got the, the, a massive labor shortage, which is amazing to think that we would have these kinds of numbers. But the problem is that the American work, work ethic over the past 10 months and with all the dollars being thrown at the American public has been devastated. So you have, uh, for example, the U.S. Chamber just came out with a poll that said that half of the people who lost their jobs in the pandemic have decided not to go back to work. Not that they can't find work because there are about two jobs available for every one job, uh, excuse me, for every one person looking. But half of those people have decided not to go back to work. Um, <clears throat> Alfredo, what about, you know, we're, right now there are people listening to employers that still can't get the workers uh, in into the, the the workforce what this is um th this is puzzling what what exactly is is happening yeah, yeah that's exactly right and like I said it, a lot of that is that American work ethic, work ethic that was just truly the envy of the world has been devastated over the past 10 months by the Biden administration it's okay and cool not to work now um, and you know employers are finding that especially small businesses and with the you know the growing inflation and costs the way they are, these small businesses are feeling uh, less and less optimistic every single day. We just uh, uh, finished the poll ourselves, which will release the results uh, next week. But uh, what we're showing preliminarily is that uh, the small business optimism is probably the lowest it's been all year. And as you might know, two thirds of new job growth is in the hands of small business owners. So when you have low, low optimism amongst these small businesses, guess what's the first thing that they're going to stop doing? Hiring. What 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 should just to take people through? What were the numbers that were expected, or what would have been the numbers that were healthy, and then what are the numbers that actually were revealed? Yeah, the numbers that uh, pretty much the consensus was about five hundred and twenty thousand jobs were supposed to be added uh, to the economy. Only two hundred and ten thousand jobs were actually added. Now, you know, simultaneously, uh, you'll hear the administration talk about the unemployment rate falling to four point two percent. But we can't just focus on the unemployment rate. There's something, it's pretty wonky, but it's called the labor force participation rate. Those are truly important numbers because those really give you a sense as people who are actually participating and actively looking for jobs, and those numbers are falling. Right. And like I said, a lot of that is people are just, uh, you know, with a lot of the government benefits, uh, they're still receiving uh, some of those like child, uh, uh, you know, child care credits and stuff like that. But also people... Uh, we are we are actually probably some of the highest levels of savings rates that this country has ever seen, um, and a lot of that is because of all those stimulus checks and all those all that money that was being thrown at the American public. Well, guess what they did? They didn't actually go out and really spend it; they actually saved it. Um, so we went from basically a traditional eight percent savings rate to what I'm seeing numbers are high twenties at this point, a twenty percent high twenties. Uh, so it's unbelievable. So again, folks, we're speaking with Alfredo Ortiz, the president and CEO of the Job Creators Network. So, Alfredo, is it possible that that companies are are not hiring people, or is it more akin to, you know, there, there's a problem when you pay people not to work, and as you say, people were getting the money, they weren't putting it back in the economy, they were saving the money. We we have a large, you tell me, we have a large number of people that they're they're not in the workforce, and they're. They're not working and they're not looking for work. Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is probably one of the one of the worst conundrums, uh, frankly. And again, that's because, you know, whenever you have government manipulation of the labor market, this is what you get. 
Um, they were artificially uh, keeping people out of the labor force um, using COVID as the excuse when indeed it was just way overdone. And uh, frankly, you know, especially with these stimulus checks and you're starting to throw, you know, two, three trillion dollars around into an economy and people aren't actually spending their saving it. You are you are really getting a distorted uh, view of the economy and frankly, a distorted uh, uh, labor force. Um, and that's exactly what's going on. I mean, it's like one of the oddest things. I mean, truly, like I said, there are about two jobs available for every one person unemployed, but the unemployed people don't actually want to go back to work. <laughs> wow. Folks, again, he's the president and CEO of the Jobs Creators Network. It's Alfredo Ortiz. Alfredo, um... It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale at 65% off all week long. Open Sundays, 65% off all week long. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. On the Petro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, uh, NYU professor, author of Burdens of Freedom, host of The Poverty and Culture, it is Professor Lawrence Mead. Professor, good afternoon and welcome to the John DePietro Show. Well, my pleasure. Professor, talk about a little bit about the problem with the border and how that is affecting things right now, the border crisis, and also yeah. how that's affecting our culture. The border crisis is the result of the Biden administration's policies, which are unduly tolerant of illegal immigration, also, the fact that the legal structure governing immigration has collapsed, and it's now possible for really anyone to come to America legally or illegally and get to stay. Uh, the claims that people claiming asylum make are supposed to be adjudicated, but by the time they're settled, the uh, those making the claims have disappeared into the country. So effectively, asylum is an open door. And the third factor is simply that the politics of immigration are extremely one-sided. All the groups interested in the issue want more immigration rather than less. The public, however, wants to see limits. There's really nobody in Washington who wants to talk about limits. And that means that the whole country is being changed with really no consent on the part of the society. The uh, cultural issue is simply that the people coming to the United States today as immigrants are coming mostly from the non-Western world. And that means that they're quite different from the immigrants that we had 100 years ago or prior to that. The earlier immigration came mostly from Europe. And so people who came from there were actually more compatible with the United States uh, than the groups that are coming in now. So the assimilation problem that we face is much more serious today than it was previously. But nobody wants to talk about this. We want to pretend that everyone's exactly the same. Everyone's alike. Uh, unfortunately, that's not true, and we have to reckon with the cultural differences. Folks, again, good afternoon. We're speaking with, it's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. We're speaking with Professor Lawrence Mead, NYU. And, Professor, if you'd be so good to touch on the fact that these Haitian immigrants, they do not assimilate into America. Yeah. Well, uh, it isn't that they don't assimilate. I think, actually, over time, they do. I mean, there's evidence to say that it takes about three generations for people who come from uh, very different countries to assume uh, American political attitudes. So, no, the, the Haitians will assimilate like other people. The problem isn't that. It's the scale of it, the fact that so many Haitians are coming and so many other people from the non-Western world. It's too much for us to assimilate. That is my main objection. So the, the fact that people are coming from a certain place is less crucial than the fact they're coming with a very different culture from the one that, that this country takes for granted. Touch on this past summer, we all saw the situation at the border. The Border Patrol was accused yeah. of whipping these Haitians, 15,000 yeah. people under a bridge. What stood out to you with that? Uh, mainly that uh, the Haitians had actually come earlier to Mexico, or it would have been originally Brazil in many cases, and they've been trying to get into America for some time. And it's understandable. Their own country is falling apart. And that is true for quite a few countries in the non-Western world. So people want to get to the West where life is a lot better. But unfortunately, the numbers are beyond what we can assimilate. So we simply can't allow this. We don't have a complete solution to their problem. And we have to give up the idea that the solution is for everyone to come to America. That really isn't, isn't feasible. Right. So in the article, I recommend that we should, in fact, 
send troops to, to Haiti and restore order. That's yep. the main problem they have. The place is run by gangs. We have to restore order. And we ought to do that rather than have everybody come to America. Uh, professor, and again, folks, we speak with uh, Professor Lawrence Mead on the John DePietro Show from NYU. Professor, um, you know, I like the fact that it stands out to me. You say, you know, not everyone, and, and it sounds simplistic, but not everyone can come and live in the United States of America. That's not I the know. solution. I know. And, and, and we, this is a new situation. In the past, immigration has never been so great that, we, that there had to be hard and fast limits. But that is the case today. I mean, much of the non-Western world is giving up on their home countries for understandable reasons. These countries are falling apart. You have chaos. You have, you have the complete denial of the rule of law. You have unspeakable conditions. But that doesn't mean that they fit their traditional requirements for asylum or uh, other categories that allow you to come to America. That isn't what we're dealing with now. This is quite new. And we, we simply can't tolerate an expansion of opening openings as we have we allowed under under asylum that means everybody comes to america and we just can't afford that and professor i'd also like to touch on the fact that you know you're in new york and uh in new england so let's just say whether it's columbia or harvard or brown or mit they'll get some students and like just pick a country chile or venezuela and they'll get students that will attend you know, Columbia or NYU, say, or let's just say in New yeah. England, Harvard, MIT. Well, after they graduate, they, they don't they they then stay. And what we've done yeah, is we continue yeah. to rob the drain brain from those countries. Those students yeah. that come to the United States to go to school, these are the future business leaders, professors, educators, yeah. Yeah. doctors that those countries need. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think the major problem for us, though, isn't isn't the talented few. They, they certainly are talented. They contribute to this country. But you're right to say that they deprive the home country of leadership. That's true. And, and if they stayed home, they might be in a position to resist and take over these countries by the drug gangs. But, of course, it's easier for each individual to escape to America because yep. it's easier for them. Uh, but that is not a solution for the world or for the home country. So we have to resist that. On the other hand, I wouldn't say that the talented immigrants are our main problem. It's really the large number of completely unskilled people yes. who are now pouring across the border. Yes. They are a much greater threat because usually they're much less selected to be compatible with America than the groups, than the, student, yep. the students that are going to the Ivy League schools. They are already compatible with America. They are not our problem. They're an asset to us. But the others are a problem because there's so many, many more of them, and also because they have so much, so much more to learn to become compatible with this country. And again, folks, we're speaking with Professor Lawrence Mead, NYU, author of the book Burdens of Freedom. He also has a podcast, Poverty and Culture. You know, Professor, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar. So the mayor of Providence, his name is Mayor Jorge Alorza. He's uh, basically, his parents were whatever word you want to use, undocumented illegals from Guatemala. Yeah. So he's from Guatemala. He became uh, the mayor of the city. He runs a sanctuary city. He flies. They set up direct flights. So he has all these people from Guatemala flying into Rhode Island, direct flights from Guatemala, and then they settle, and he runs Providence's sanctuary city. Now, there's a couple things. Number one, they tend to become terrible victims of crime because they still hesitate to contact the police when they're robbed by local gangs. And number two— the individuals that are coming, they're not doing anything other than sending money back, but they're certainly yeah. not improving life in Guatemala. That's right. That's right. Uh, what you're seeing there is an exceptionally talented person who gets to the top. And there are lots of success stories. Every immigrant group can point to individuals that have made it good in America. Yep. And, and they say from that, oh, that just means immigration is a plus and we need, don't need to worry about it. No. The majority of immigrants are having a much harder time, and especially people from countries like Guatemala. Uh, these countries are less assimilated to the American way of life than any others. And therefore, we're asking for trouble if we simply have large numbers of people from these societies, even though you know, there will be outstanding cases like this man who, who are unusually able and who get ahead and all that. We're all in favor of that, but we can't, to get that, have this much larger group of totally unskilled people who present a real problem for us. Is it fair to say, uh, Professor Mead, that the Trump policy on immigration 
was more effective than the the Biden. Basically, it's an open border they're running. Yeah, no, no. Trump, Trump, Trump's policies were more favorable to the national interest than any other that we've seen in immigration for a long time. Now, the the methods that Trump used were often contestable. They they were challenged in court. Some of them were illegal. There's no question that Trump was up against the legal structure, which didn't allow him to do what he wanted to do. But nonetheless, he, he clamped down on immigration very sharply, and that's just what we needed. I mean, the key is not so much what particular people come here. It's the sheer numbers that we have to worry about. And Trump did something about that. It was the best thing he did as president. Uh, Professor Mead, before I let you go, I am curious your thoughts that in New York City, uh, the city council there, they're voting to give non-citizens the right to vote. Yeah. What is your thought on that? Yeah. Uh, I guess, it, I mean, this is really contrary to what we imagine. Uh, that is, we should not be allowing non-citizens uh, to vote. And those that are illegal, they should go home. We should deport people who are here illegally. I don't think we should be squeamish about this. Yeah. Now, many other people are here legally. I mean, there are people who are not citizens who would nonetheless have legal status. That's something else. I think you could talk about some of them in some elections having something to say. But in general, no, uh, this is an abuse, and it shows the attitude of many people in the Democratic Party. They just think it's just fine to have people flood into the country, uh, whether they're legal or illegal. And I don't think that's the way most Americans think about this. Folks, again, from NYU, he is uh, Lawrence, Professor Lawrence. Fall is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401-732-6562. You can also find them on Facebook and the website, recooganheating.com they're helpful trustworthy reliable residential services from winter to summer train technicians provide 100 percent service one customer at a time service calls maintenance agreements call re coogan and heating today 401-732-6562 it's coogie 401-732-6562 again look for them on facebook and then the website recooganheating.com call now keep your home nice and warm gas oil burners 24 emergency service re coogan and heating 401-732-6562 you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at the website petro.com folks joining us right now he's the director of Republican National Committee Strategic Communications. It is Gates McGavick. And uh, Gates, the biggest question I want to just start off with is uh, it's really incredible when people are comparing the price of whether it's gas or what they have to spend at the grocery store. In in just one year, um, it's not people's imagination. The price of everything seems to be rising. And the price of everything is rising. Um, and it took... Joe Biden just about 10 months to break our supply chain and drive the cost of basic goods up. And, you know, this is coming right around the holidays, which is really tough for a lot of families. I mean, you know, gifts for kids are more expensive if you can get them at all. A lot of empty shelves. The cost of heating your home this winter is going to be much higher. And then you have your basic goods, you know, meat, eggs, fruit, gas. All of that is a lot more expensive. I think gas is up 50 percent right now. And this is Joe Biden's economy. Uh, this is this is what it looks like. Americans can't afford much more of it. And I think the most shocking thing is Joe Biden's solution to this, you know, prices uh, rising crisis is to spend and tax trillions more dollars uh, through his build back broke agenda, which will only make the situation worse. Now, Gates, also, you know, as much as the Biden people, they try to talk about um, you know, paying people more and, and rising wages. But it, it would seem that even if people were making more in their in their careers and their jobs, that the, the costing the rising cost of inflation is outpacing anything that someone as far as getting, you know, uh, an increase in salary. Yeah, it is. I mean, inflation, a good way to think about it. It's like a hidden tax, right? It's not an official tax from the government, but it's a tax you're paying on every single thing you buy. And the way this economy is set up right now, you have Democrats, you know, paying people, 
you know, uh, paying people not to work, incentivizing staying home, overworking, uh, Democrats, you know, in Washington, printing way more money, flooding the zone with cash, causing this inflation. I mean, it, the only way out is, you know, common sense, conservative leadership. Look, there's a reason of the top 20 states for recovering from the COVID pandemic and uh, creating jobs, 17 of those top 20 states are led by Republican governors. Folks, I think that is a really important stat. Folks, again, we're speaking with Gates McCavick, Director of Rhode Island, the uh, Republican National Committee Strategic Communications. Gates, what's your reaction to uh, Mayor Pete, uh, Commerce Secretary <laughs> Buttigieg, saying, well, if people don't want to pay uh, high gas prices, then they should go out and just buy an electric car? I mean, it's absurd. You know, he's talking to American families trying to make ends meet and just recommended that they just go ahead and buy a new car. Uh, and the average cost of an electric car right now is, I think, $55,000. Um, it just shows how out of touch this administration <laughs> is. Um, it's, I mean, it's across the board, right? You have Mayor Pete uh, telling people, if you can't afford gas, just buy a new car. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Jennifer Granholm, the administration's secretary of energy. She was asked a couple weeks ago, what's your plan? to drive down gas prices. And she just started laughing. Yeah. Um, I think Ron Quayne, the chief of staff, he referred to this inflation crisis as, quote, high-class problems. I mean, this is what happens when you put the coastal elites in charge, right? This is what happens when you have an out-of-touch D.C. insider administration. Uh, they might know Americans are struggling, but they really don't care. And uh, I think we've seen that reflected in all their policy decisions so far. Yeah. You know, Mayor Pete, it's a little bit like, um, you know, the, the, some his response saying like the passengers in the Titanic, well, they, they should have taken swim lessons. So exactly. it, right. it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a problem. Now, Gates, also, um, <clears throat> this is something that people have to be on guard with, and that is how they want to manipulate uh, the voting that they're trying to push forward in New York City. This is a concern yep. because many times, you know, things start as a, a pilot program somewhere else, somewhere, yep. and then it gets picked up mm -hmm. elsewhere. This is a dangerous road that they're trying to go down. It's a really dangerous game, and I think you phrased it really well. It started as a pilot program in, you know, Vermont, Massachusetts. I mean, you're a New England guy. You know that often these liberal things start in New England. Um, but then all of a sudden, yeah, New York wants to let 800,000 non-citizens vote. Uh, biggest city in America, home to Wall Street, the United Nations. And one thing people, I'm not, people might be missing this, the uh, requirement to be a non-citizen resident of New York, it's 30 days. So anyone from anywhere in the world could move to New York, hang out for 30 days and be qualified to vote wow. in the mayoral election for the biggest city, maybe the most important city in the world. Hmm. Right. So that, that's just not that's just not a good idea. Yeah. And what Democrats, of course, don't realize is this could be manipulated by either side. This is just like an objectively terrible idea that totally undermines election integrity. But look, we've seen Democrats attacking election integrity nationwide, you know, since Biden got in office. They've lied about voter ID. Biden has had his Department of Justice sue states that for the crime of passing basic uh, election integrity laws. And now Democrats are just kind of going for it all. And they're <laughs> just trying to straight up rig the game and let non-citizens vote. Um, they did it in Vermont uh, a few months ago. Two cities in Vermont um, voted to let non-citizens vote. And here at the RNC, we went ahead and sued those two cities. And I can tell you that, you know, if this passes a city council in New York, you know, we'll be looking at very similar options to uh, the RNC will, you know, possibly sue to make sure this doesn't go through because this this is something that will die in court because it's just so out of touch with the American people. Folks, again, we're speaking with Gates McGavick, director of Republican National Committee Strategic Communications. Gates, it's very concerning because Providence, Rhode Island is one of those. It's run as a sanctuary city. They're often sure. adopting you know, things, uh, this was done over here, we're going to try it over here. So that is definitely of concern. And also, you know, we're seeing around the country that different states are trying to I improve and tighten up their, their uh, re you know, voter uh, regulations and just how they're conducting elections. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me, as much as the Democrat Party talks about anyone that mentions 2020, they say is undermining democracy. To me, what's undermining democracy is allowing non-citizens to vote, this whole business yeah. of no voter ID, everything's a mail-in ballot, uh, unsolicited mail ballots, they truly are the party that's undermining democracy. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, the thing is, all of these measures for election integrity are so basic, right, and so uncontroversial. Having an ID to vote, that's not controversial. 
uh, getting rid of ballot harvesting, the practice where paid political operatives go door to door collecting ballots and delivering them to polling places. That's not controversial. That's just not a good policy. Right. Polling shows 80 percent of Americans want voter ID. Polling shows 87 percent of Americans support a ban on ballot harvesting. You know, the only controversy here is the one that Democrats are desperately trying to create through the mainstream media. But at the end of the day, basic measures like voter ID, banning ballot harvesting, they're in line with what the American people want. And American, the American people want election integrity. They want basic safeguards to make sure that our all-important election process is conducted with some transparency and some basic guardrails. Um, Democrats, you know, they, they yell voter suppression and exaggerate. But I'll give you an example. You mentioned states that are passing good laws. So the state of Georgia passed a really good common-sense election integrity law, you know, requiring voter ID banning ballot harvesting, more bipartisan poll observation. Uh, Stacey Abrams went ahead and called that law voter suppression and Jim Crow 2.0. You know, Atlanta just did its municipal elections a couple weeks ago. Turnout went up 17% after they passed that law in Atlanta. So I think that just goes to show these are just like basic common sense things. And, you know, not that surprising that Democrats are, are exaggerating and trying to create controversy, trying to divide. That's their whole playbook at this point. I, I really believe that uh, election integrity, it's a big issue. You know, when you talk about New England, a lot of people in Massachusetts, they vote in New Hampshire when they may have a summer home or a ski home. Sure. Uh, in Rhode Island, ballot harvesting is big business. The campaigns mm-hmm. pay workers per ballot to go out and get. And then yeah. there was always the threat of mail fraud. So what they did was they put boxes out in front of of different uh, canvassing places. So therefore, they could drop them all there and then the, you don't get the element of of a mail fraud, which is something that could come in again. Um, Gates, is there, um, before I let you go, is right now, um, the New York city thing that that's about to be decided, but I can't emphasize enough. People need to pay attention to that simply because when it passes one place, you see other people start to say, we should bring that here. Yeah. I mean, it's scary. And frankly, New York, this isn't the first example. In Illinois, um, a state senator recently introduced legislation to allow non-citizens to vote in school board elections statewide in Illinois. Right here in D.C., a city council member introduced a bill allowing non-citizens to vote in local D.C. elections. You know, it's people need to start paying attention because it's already happening. New York is not the first example. It's the biggest example, but this is something Democrats are pushing nationwide, and that's why the RNC is building out. This historic election integrity operation, boots on the ground, we're involved in 27 legal cases nationwide. We're building out an operation to uh, to defend American elections from Democrat attacks because, unfortunately, uh, those attacks are already here and Democrats are already pushing this. And I think we can all agree uh, American elections should be decided by election, American citizens. Gates McCavick, Director, Republican National Committee Strategic Communications. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, there's a lot of questions if the Biden administration are doing the right things to try to lower price of gas, inflation. Folks, joining us right now on the line is he is with the Pacific Research Institute. And it is my pleasure to welcome to the John DePietro Show, Dr. Wayne Weingarten. Dr. Weingarten, thank you for joining us on the John DePietro Show. Thanks so much for having me. Doctor, if you wouldn't mind, um, inflation, it's not easy to start. It certainly doesn't seem that it's going to be easy to stop. Um, I'd be curious to hear some of your thoughts of just how we have arrived at the point where we we are right now. 
it, it's complicated, unfortunately. I mean, I think the, the simplest version is that the the Federal Reserve has b- basically accommodated a lot of the government spending um, through their quantitative easing programs, which basically meant they bought a lot of the government bonds. And when they bought the bonds, they've created a lot of money. And all that money got out into the economy. Uh, and so inflation is when you basically have too much money in the economy chasing too few goods. It's the classic definition. And we're just seeing that the effect of that. So basically, your monetary policy is very difficult. It's very complicated. But basically, they've, in, in the simplest form, they've just put too much money out there. They put it out there in part. It's been accommodating all the spending from the federal government. And so you have that kind of combination of fiscal uh, too much fiscal spending combined with uh, too loose monetary policy and <clears throat> universally what you see when you get that is inflation and if you don't rein, uh, rein it in it becomes kind of ingrained and it becomes rampant now dr weingarten i had heard uh someone on one of the you know sunday shows say unfortunately the only way to slow down or stop inflation is through recession and said you know you saw this uh, during the, you know, Ford dealt with it, uh, Carter, Jimmy Carter dealt with it. Um, is that the way you look at it, that, that people may not like this, but we may actually have to go through a little bit of a recession to get the inflation under control? Well, you know, the inflation itself is going to cause recessions. It's, so I, I think the better way of looking at it is it doesn't have to if we put in the right policies on the fiscal front and on the regulatory front, uh, which is not what we're doing. So we may end up in a recession. But if we had much more of kind of uh, the Reagan policy where and, and he delayed the tax cuts, which was part of the problem. But if we actually go with a much more pro growth tax system and if we rein in kind of the government spending and deregulate at the same time that you have the fiscal uh, the monetary policy kind of restricting so you have tight monetary policy but expansionary fiscal policy expansion not in terms of spending but in terms of creating a more pro-growth tax system not necessarily tax tax cuts but a more pro-growth system that could offset kind of the negative kind of impacts so it depends on the policy mix and if we input the right policy mix we could actually end up with kind of a stronger economy while we're reigning inflation uh, but Right now, you know, it doesn't look like either that's what they're going to be doing. And so what we are likely to see, unfortunately, is a recession along with it. But it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. Folks, again, we're speaking from the Pacific Research Institute. It's Dr. Wayne Weingarten. And, Doctor, what about, uh, you know, the Democrats right now in the Biden administration? They want to move forward with this huge spending plan. Uh, they're trying to say that it won't affect the, the economy, but what what about the fact that the government spending, if in fact this, this you know, huge package goes forward? Well, I, I think one, it's, it's important to remember that the, the amount of spending they're doing is multiples higher than what you hear on TV, right? They keep saying it's $1.75 trillion, um, which is an incredible amount of money over 10 years, uh, but it's, it's three, four times that amount when you take away all the gimmicks and expiring programs and all the games they play in order to kind of make the bracket seem smaller. Uh, but what you're really talking about is the exact opposite of what we were saying. You're going to actually transfer more resources from the more productive private sector to the less productive public sector. So you're going to spend that poorly. That's anti-growth. You're going to be raising uh, taxes and continue to kind of have the Fed monetize it. That's bad for inflation and that's bad for growth. So what you really have is an, a, an unproductive expansion of the public sector that's going to come at the expense of entrepreneurship. It's going to come at the expense of prosperity on the private side. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Wayne Weingarten, uh, Senior Fellow, Business Economics, the Pacific Research Institute. Um, doctor, w- right now, based on what you're hearing from the Biden administration, if they follow the plan that they're trying to implement, how would you see, say, the next six months to a year? What should people expect? Well, what people should expect is a, a slower overall growth. So there's going to be fewer employment gains. We're going to continue to have inflation, uh, and we're going to kind of see that kind of uh, dog chasing the tail 
where wages are going to try to keep up with inflation and the businesses will just pass that along to customers. And so you kind of get that spiral. So we're going to see more of that. Uh, you're going to see um, a- a- overall economic activity slow down. Uh, so you're going to get more inflation, less growth, less opportunity, less job growth. Uh, it's going to take time for all of that to kind of to settle in. Uh, but you're going to just kind of slowly see this downgrading of the economy uh, because you're, you're actually having this anti-growth fiscal policy and this huge expansion of the state. And, we, and it's important to recognize it. You know, we, we had huge deficits prior to all the spending. We have huge structural deficits. We talk about Social Security, Medicare, the unfunded public pensions at the state and local level. So we have all of these long-term problems that are coming due. At the exact same time, we're going to expand spending and expand deficits. Uh, this is this is the recipe for a really unstable federal budget. And so that there, over the long term, these, these consequences will grow. I, I don't mean to sound so dour, but, you know, this it, it makes zero fiscal sense about what we're doing. Uh, and so there, there will be a price to pay uh, as the kind of consequences come home to roost. Dr. Wayne, let me ask you just two quick questions. And this is what the typical person is asking. Why is the price of gas so high and why are there empty shelves in in restaurants? In, excuse me, in, uh, in, in stores. <laughs> stores. You know, we do have, there's two parts to this, right? We do have supply bottlenecks, right? I mean, what we've learned is that the global economy is complicated. When you shut it off, it's not like flipping a switch to get it back on. And so part of the reason is we have bottlenecks at the, uh, the ports in California. We have a shortage of truck drivers and we have a shortage of warehousing space. And so all those factors coming together and that, that's leading to why uh, store shelves are, are bare. We, we also have, we talked earlier, inflation. And so those inflationary problems are and kind of the, um, uh, that expansion is, is increasing prices for, for all goods, including oil. On top of the oil issue, at the exact time that we should have been expanding production, right? And in fact, without the Biden administration shutting down the Keystone pipeline and, and actually not uh, approving uh, additional kind of pipelines and, and uh, more drilling, when we have that kind of uh, kind of policy, you have an incentive not to go and, and, and get more oil and not uh, get more natural gas. So you have this uh, reduction in production from the U.S. Before this happened, by the way, we were the number one producer of natural gas in the world, right? No longer the case because of policy. So we're actually reducing our supply of energy at the exact same time that you had these pressures increasing prices. So when you ask OPEC to raise production, why should they? They're doing better with higher prices. It makes perfect sense that the cartel will want to keep prices artificially high. So what we've done is from the U.S. side, we've reduced our production at the exact time that we really needed more production to occur. Folks, again, he is with the Pacific Research Institute, Senior Fellow, Business and Economics, Dr. Wayne Weingarten. Doctor, appreciate your perspective. And I recognize that, you know, I'm sure you think, boy, I wish I had better news to deliver. But people are adults. If if people know what they're in for, I find it's much easier to deal than if they're given false hope or these statements some seemingly coming out of washington you know it's not going to cost anything it's not going to be an increase in taxes or anything listen you know people can see just what's going on um this situation can't continue the way it is it's great to get your perspective and doctor thank you for joining us on the john DePetro show oh my pleasure